When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. That grass is so green, and it smells so good. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Very well. Here's a deep drive to right field, and it's not coming back. Into the pond behind the right field wall. And Morno ties the game with a tape measure shot against Alfredo Aceves. Maggie and Joe with Rami, Score North, Score North app. And Justin Morneau is the newest Twins Hall of Famer. He is the only one being inducted into the Twins Hall of Fame this year. Oftentimes there's one or two guys. I voted for Justin Morneau, and I also, I've been voting for Dan Gladden as well, just for, from a player and broadcast standpoint, but we found out today, 71 ballots filled out. We've got all this Derek Jeter controversy. Mm-hmm. 71 ballots uh-huh. filled out for the Twins Hall of Fame. Local media members, organizational, you know, Twins historians. 71 ballots. Only 70 had Justin Morneau Uh-oh. on the ballot. Uh-oh. And I, we need an investigation. I demand to know. We need an investigation because this matters. Who are these three? It's one, right? One, three? I can't do One. 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 It's one. Yeah. You can't do 71 <laughs> minus 70? I thought he said 73 for some reason. Everyone's, like, everyone's like, Jonathan, you went to school, right? I was going to say, like, <laughs> the bit's not nearly as good if it's three guys who left no, him I was confused. Some reason I thought he said 73. So would, could this up. be the same guy that left Jeter off his ballot? Patrick Royce? Who are the ones? Let's cross-reference. Who are the ones? Because I'm going with that from now on. <laughs> I'm, I'm tired of this. You're just going to assume it's Royce? Well, he said it right off the bat. He said, yeah, I'm the one to your question, Rami, so I'm going with Royce. Well, so how many BBWAA guys, Hall of Fame voters are there? So Royce, that are also Twins Hall of Fame voters. Royce, Sid? Sid's a, Sid, Sid oh. is the oldest living BBWAA. Yes. Lavelle? Is Lavelle a Hall of Fame voter? Lavelle, Lavelle, yes. one, time, Lavelle, Lavelle one time screwed Johan Santana, right? Or no, Pedro. No, Pedro, Pedro Martinez and got threats. Yeah. He left Pedro off the MVP ballot the year that he won the MVP, right? Or cost him votes or did something. And the big controversy was, I think, Lavelle and I want to say George King of the New York Post both decided, determined that a pitcher, a starting pitcher couldn't be MVP. Where, what is your source about the 70 of 71 votes? Dan Hayes from The Athletic okay. tweeted it out today. So he, I, I was at the Twins lunch media luncheon today. I think he, Dave St. Peter said it, and I wasn't paying full attention, but Dan Hayes was, and he tweeted. Well, Dan Hayes tweeted that, but then quote tweeted that, and then... And said, side note, I made up the vote total. My work here is done. Oh, uh, did he? I think you got punked, Phil oh, Mackey. No. I think you fell. I think you fell. Wow. <laughs> How? The accuracy of Mackey and Judd with Rami now being called into question. 
by journalistic minds. Speculation. Read his initial tweet, though. The, the original tweet says Justin Bordeaux elected to the Minnesota Twins Hall of Fame by a 71 person panel. He received 70 of 71 votes. How would anyone read? Am I, that, am I an idiot? Like, no, I think he was trying to do to somebody what he just, he just did, did to, to you, <laughs> Phil Mackey, because he quote tweeted that you know and what? said, side note, I made up the vote total. My work here is done. You done got hazed. <laughs> I'm recusing myself Dan from Hayes. the rest. You done got hazed. <laughs> I'm officially going to recuse myself from the rest of today's show because for so long I've had great pride in coming on the show with nothing but accuracy and no no reckless speculation at all, ever. And it's now, ruined. It's ruined. And, and now it's ruined. It's ruined. I yeah. had such a perfect track record. Dan Hayes all is my, wreck all your my credibility. Years, all my years in this business of never, ever being wrong, now over. Dan Hayes just wrecked your credibility, Phil uh, Mackey. Well, yep. my work here you know is what the done. Is? Thank you all for listening. <laughs> Rami and Judd. Rami, Rami and I can confirm. Here's the problem. And I'm not joking about this. Dan Hayes right now is so giddy about his San Francisco... 49ers going to the Super Bowl that he can't help himself. So he's just he's just firing off just yes. tweets left and right. We had Dan on with today. People. And and the questions between Rami and I went back and forth. Rami asking twins questions, me asking Niners questions. And he crushed it. And I, and I'm not, he crushed well, it. But here's the thing. Rami w- would ask a twins question. And the tone would be this. Well, yeah, what the twins you know, and great answers. But what the twins were doing was uh, very simple here with Donald. It's very methodical. Very, yeah, very just clinical. A, yeah, like just a breakdown of what's gone ha- of what's happened. Yeah, just a pro. Just right, a pro. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then Judd would come back with, but what about that George Kittle? I can I can tell you right now. I mean, George Kittle. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, what, what he has done, what the 49ers have done, is it? And it was completely professional again. But the octaves went up. What, Rami? Oh, at least three to three. At least three octaves for sure. Just giddy, mm-hmm. giddy Dan yes. Hayes. Yeah. So that's well, where I just got. I just you, got, that's where you got. Did I just get kind of catfished a little bit yeah, there. You got hazed. Right? Right? I told there. you, you got hazed. You got, he should have a gift for that. You just got hazed. <laughs> Finger wag. No, super. Um, so uh, this just came across about an hour ago regarding Justin Morneau, who I covered him. I covered the Twins beat from 2010 through 2013. So I covered. Basically, Justin Morneau's best season ever until the concussion, and then Justin Morneau post-concussion was a rough stretch of his career, personally and professionally. And one of the guys who worked on that Twins team behind the scenes was Adam Hansen. And I'll, I'll say his name because his, his, he tweeted a thread today about Justin Morneau. I want to start you guys off today with a Justin Morneau story, courtesy of Adam Hansen, who was a bat boy and a clubhouse guy for the Twins during that era. Awesome dude. And he says... I don't know how many home run high fives I gave Justin Morneau over his career with the Twins because he, he, you know, he has a couple pictures you can see here. The audience can't see this, but every time Justin would come down the third baseline, Adam would walk over and give a little high five and pick up the bat and 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 so forth. I don't know how many high, high fives I gave Justin Morneau over his career with the Twins or how many bats of his I weighed to the tenth of an ounce for him, but I do know one thing: Justin Morneau is just as much of a Hall of Fame guy off the field as he is on the field. Here is a Justin Morneau story. In 2010, target field open. The Twins had a stacked lineup. They were poised to win the division again. And in July, the Star Tribune ran an exclusive in the Sunday paper called A Day at Target Field. And they had features about the press box, the organist, the vendors, the grounds crew. And Rachel Blount, Judd's old co-worker at the Star Tribune, 
was put on the Bat Boy beat. So her job, they had all these reporters covering various aspects of the Twins for that feature, and she was the one that was assigned to the Bat Boy beat. And she followed Adam around all afternoon the previous Thursday before the Twins' White Sox game. As I set up in the dugout and the equipment, did laundry, ran player errands. After the game, she stuck around for cleaning cleats. So they did this big feature in the Star Tribune. Fast forward a few weeks. The Twins are back at home, and Justin Morneau asks if I could do him a favor. He said he had a box in his truck that he wanted to bring in, which is not an unusual request for a player. Ask the clubhouse guy to go out and uh, grab a box in the car, whatever. So I grab Justin's keys. I get the box, and I bring the box and the keys and everything back to his locker. And Justin's waiting there, and he asks me to open the box. It was a large cardboard picture box. Okay, I thought. I cut the box open and pulled out a bubble wrap frame, uh, and the frame was facing Justin when he opened the box, and so I held the picture up for Justin to see, not thinking anything of it. And Justin goes, no, turn it around. It's a gift for you. Justin had gotten the proofs from the Star Tribune's feature on him, Adam the Bat Boy, and framed it. And uh, and Adam writes in his tweet here, it's hard to believe, especially for one of, for, for those of you who, don't, who know me, but I was speechless. It was gorgeous. And then I looked at the bottom. So I'm going to show you guys a picture here, and then you can sort of describe for the audience. Um, it's it's a plaque of the front page of the sports section, a day in the light, or day at Target Field. I think this might be an, an A1 story, actually. This might be the front of the Star Tribune, right? And then the next... The next shot, if I can, if my fat fingers will make this work here, <laughs> the radio, he put, Justin put a plaque on I the bottom this. of this. Yeah. Read that out loud. I was reading this right before I came here. I can't read it off your uh, tablet there because it's too small. I happen to have it up on my phone. It says, to Adam, out of sight, but never out of mind. Thank you for everything, Justin Morneau. Isn't that cool? That's great. Oh, that's fantastic. We hear, like, we, we spend so much time as fans in this industry on Mike, like, we're, we're constantly... We're, we're digging at the bad, right? The Astros, the cheaters. Dallas Keuchel came out today, and we can talk about that, too. And he was the first Astro to apologize. And we're sitting here, we're talking about the bad apples like like Alex Bregman and these guys who are cocky and they don't believe there's any rules that apply to them. And then here's Justin Morneau, one of the biggest superstars in baseball in 2010. He was the best player in baseball for the first three months. And nobody would have known this 10 years later. And And Adam was one of, like, you know, Five or six clubhouse guys, and there's all kinds of behind-the-scenes workers. And for him to get that professionally made and then put a little placard on the bottom that says, To Adam, out of sight but never out of mind, thank you for everything, Justin Morneau. I just thought that gave me chills today. I thought that was really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah that's because some of those guys, they go unnoticed even by, I mean, we hardly ever think about a clubhouse guy. I mean, if you're down in the clubhouse, like Judd is pretty frequently, you might get to know those guys or or whatever the case might be, but sometimes they go unnoticed even by the people they're working for, the players, the managers, the guys who are in that clubhouse. So they're literally just walking around, cleaning up after, getting things ready and prepared for them before they even walk in the door. For Justin Morneau to recognize and appreciate what that guy does and how, how much easier he makes his life, that tells you something about Justin Morneau and the type of dude he is. He and, and Joe and th- those guys, I think, though, were really good people, like really very decent people. And that's great. And those guys, too, who work in the clubhouse, the bat boys and the clubbies and all of those guys do deserve that type of treatment mm-hmm. because they work their butts off and they are extremely important. Like a lot of those in sports, we don't see or think about like the stick boys or equipment guys in hockey, right? Or the equipment guys in basketball. 
But those guys do a ton of work. And it's very cool, especially if it's a star player, which in Morneau's case at that time, it certainly was. It's very, very cool to see them recognize the importance of those people. Yeah, and and Justin, as a player, is just one of those what could have been cases. I, he, he's Even with yeah. that, even with his career getting, it wasn't necessarily cut short because he did play until he was 35 but he just from age 29 to 35 he wasn't the same guy because of concussions and different physical yeah but that too, ailments but he, but i think you're you're going down the right path here because if you go back to the day that he got hurt in toronto which was what like july 7th 2010 or something like mm-hmm. that he was having another mvp season and you do um, among twins players who have had their careers cut short and and i know he kept playing but he had his career cut short you know, Joe Joe still got through a lot of, to me, Hall of Fame-worthy years as a catcher. And it's unfortunate he got hurt. But if you go through a list of Twins players, I would say Morneau is near the top of the list of guys who had their careers robbed from them. Like, I don't consider Joe, the Joe thing is too bad, but Joe caught for a long time. And plus, that position has inherent danger to it, right? Mm-hmm. Justin Morneau... What slid into second in Toronto to try to break up a double play, and when I, I believe his name was what Jody McDonald is that correct? Um, the second baseman for Toronto. I don't recall. Anyway, yeah. when that collision happened, it altered his career from probably what's fair potential multiple MVP type years playing a position that's pretty doggone safe to a guy who was thrown into two or three years certainly of turmoil. And and came back and played well, but was never that guy again. You could argue, you could argue, depending on how healthy he would have stayed otherwise, that he was actually on a Hall of Fame trajectory. Yeah, I think that's very because fair. these are these are Justin Morneau's numbers leading up to that season. Okay, and I would love Rami's input from because we we're so insulated here. I mean, you've been a baseball fan your whole life, yeah. and you followed. Central AL Central NL Central baseball. I'd love in a second. I want your thoughts just from from afar on Justin Morneau's like peak five years. If I'm getting out over my skis here, but Justin Morneau breaks into the big leagues and he ramps up his first couple years. Age 23, 24, 19 homers, 22 homers, and then he hits this five year sweet spot from like age 25, 26 through 29. And his numbers were this. This is ridiculous. We forget. I, I forget how great he was for like five years. 34 homers, 130 RBIs, and a 321 batting average in his MVP season of 2006. Just absurd. The next year, 31 homers, 111 RBIs, and an OPS, again, around 850. The next season, played 163 games in 2008 because they had the extra game for the division. 23 homers, 47 doubles, 129 RBIs, and he batted 300 on the nose that year. Comes back, 30 home runs, 100 RBIs. Again, and all the while playing very good defense. He never won a gold glove, but very, very good defense. And and this culminates, so four straight All-Star games, culminates in 2010. And he was the best hitter. In, he, that was Albert Pujols' prime. And Justin Morneau was a better hitter in 2010 than Albert Pujols. Halfway through the year, so he had 81 games under his belt before he takes the knee to the head. So he plays exactly a half a season. And he's hitting 345 with a 437 on base percentage and slugging 618 in the first 81 games of that year. And the lights go out. And he doesn't play the rest of the season. He only played, 
He only played like a third of the season after that and hit four home runs and just wasn't the same guy. So that, so the lights go out for him in 2010. And the rest of his career, he wound up, he actually wound up winning a batting title in Colorado in 2014 in the second to last year of his career. But he never hit 20 home runs again. He never even drove in 85 runs, let alone the 100, 100, 130, 129. He never hit 85 RBIs again after that. He never scored more than 65 runs after that, and he never slugged more than 500. If you take the four or five years of him leading up to that incident in Toronto, and and he was 29 years old when that happened, let's say you you guarantee another four or five years until his mid-30s, I honestly think we're talking about a borderline Hall of Fame guy in Justin Morneau. I think so. That that's how I always viewed him from from the outside looking in, like you were talking about, Mackie. He was for about a five year stretch there, one of the best hitters in this league. Like you said, he was in a class with guys like Albert Pujols. I I, I always thought his career kind of resembled Frank Thomas, who was one of the greatest offensive first basemen that ever played the game when when he came through the league. And I was. I don't know, were you guys always just waiting for him to return to form? Because you don't think about yeah. a concussion being something that derails a baseball player's career. We've seen it end football players' careers, obviously. But from the outside looking in, I just kept on waiting for Justin Morneau to, to be Justin Morneau again, and it just never really happened. Phil, what, what was the year, though, that he came back to spring training? And that was the one, and I think you were there for that um, um, when, when he sat down and talked to you guys. Mm-hmm. And gave some really, I thought at the time, chilling and haunting comments. And to answer the question, that's where I said to myself, whoa, this is way worse than any of us ever thought. So it was actually, it it wound up being, he had a second concussion at one point too. I believe he he came back, it was was going into the 2012 season. He got the, the first concussion in 2010 and then he got rattled again in 2011. And on top of it had like... Got hit by pitch, right? Um, I thought he was. I thought he one got of hit them in the head by like a pitch or something at one time. He may have. One of them was definitely him diving back to first base for something, and he got rattled. And he also had a wrist surgery, and I think a foot surgery or something. He just had all this stuff in like a two year period, but mostly the concussions. And we and we came back for the 2012 spring. I, I believe it was going into 2012 spring training. And I mean, I I actually was the one that asked him the question that led to like the most cryptic answer. I said, so you know, it kind of sounds like you're. Because he was saying, you know, I, I'm, I'm literally just taking it day by day. There's some days where I, I just have to sit in a dark room, and I'm just kind of here at spring training, really just going out. I'm going to work out today, and then I'm going to see how I feel, and then I'm maybe going to work out tomorrow. And if things don't really work out, then, you know, he just kind of said, we'll see. And I said, so is there a chance that like your career is over? And he said, I'm not even really thinking about my career. I'm thinking about quality of life. So he's 30, 31 years old. And he's on top of the world a minute ago, and he's thinking, and he's day to day thinking about quality of life and whether he can hang out with his future kids and do all the things that he's doing right now. And he did go on to play through 2016, and like I said, he won a batting title in in Colorado in 2014. He hit 319, but the power was never the same, the 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 run production was never the same, and it's just it's sad, man. Like it's it's it's. It's sad, but it's also like he has quality of life now. He's a Twins Hall of Famer, and he's one of the great players in franchise history. So it it's not really sad because he's also set for life financially. But it's also, but man. it is to an extent a what if story mm-hmm. with 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 Justin Morneau. Wouldn't you th- wouldn't you say so? Yeah, I mean, not to the degree of like to me the ultimate what if story is Derrick Rose, like the youngest MVP in the history of the NBA. Yeah, blows out his knee, injures that knee again like a year and a half later, and was never the same guy again. 
It's not quite to that degree, but still, like you said, it might have derailed a Hall of Fame career. It's sad from a, a sports fan's perspective, though, because that guy would have, playing that position with how he was going in 2010, and no real compelling case to think he was going to slow down at that point, you were looking at, what, five more years? You were. Six more years. See, when, when Joe got hurt, because Joe had played catcher and Joe had played for, for a long time, I think that there was a cap on Joe's career there of greatness. I'm not saying that it, it would have come at the immediate time that he got his concussion, but nonetheless, you said, okay, this guy's caught for a really long time. He's going to catch and be super effective for how many more years? In Justin's case, on that day in 2010, you never said to yourself, wow, I think this guy's career might be in real jeopardy. Yeah, the other what if here, too, this might, we should do this for a Minnesota Sports Rewind episode, just the, the, the Justin Morneau 2010 season. But the other what if I look at, People forget about this. The 2009, that game 163, one of the just one of the most exciting moments in Twins history outside of the World Series. He didn't play in that game. Justin Morneau didn't play that entire month because he had a bad back. He's just a, a guy who got banged up a couple times in that two year period. He did not play down the stretch in September. He did not play in the playoffs, game 163 or the playoffs in 2009, and obviously did not play in the 2010 playoffs. What could they have done? Were they were they really one player away from beating the Yankees? I don't know. Like they couldn't win a game against the Yankees. But when I look back at that era of Twins baseball, and we're talking about what ifs, what if Justin Morneau stayed healthy in 2009 at the end of the year? What if he stayed healthy in 2010 at the end of the year? Would, would his bat have gotten hot and hit a couple three run bombs against the Yankees? 2006 when he won the MVP. What if Francisco Liriano's arm doesn't blow up down this? Like that era of Twins baseball is so layered with what if scenarios. They had so much talent on those teams. So, so. much so much pain here. <laughs> just, it's I mean, a little bit of a therapy and what session. If I was say, this the... feels like a therapy session. This feels like Mac is if... getting stuff off his chest and feeling a little <laughs> And what better. if Favre didn't throw that doggone pass I know. for Sidney Rice? What if Favre throws to Barry, huh? I know. Yeah. There's a lot there's a lot to un- there's a lot to unearth from that era oh, of a, Minnesota sports. That's a deep but, that's a deep therapy session right there. Uh but before we jump into a break and get to some good news for the Vikings. Did you guys see right before we came on that we finally had a Houston Astro from 2017 apologize? Yeah, I feel Dallas so much Dallas Keuchel. Just yeah. to paraphrase, Dallas Keuchel, who's now who's with no White Sox. Yeah. Then. Dallas Keuchel basically came out at was it White Sox Fan Fest or something? Probably. Whatever the hell it was. Yeah. And he said, "Yeah, I, I apologize. It's not like we were doing it every night, you know, just like cool. You well, did it you did it in the World here's Series." Here's my other problem. Here's my other problem. One you're gone and you're now, if you're Keiko, twice removed from your former team. Two, you were a pitcher. So you knew about it and you benefited. But Stole you words did, right out of my mouth. Why do I want to hear this from a pitcher? But you were a pitcher. You're the last person that I need to apologize. Like, are, are you culpable? Yeah, you knew. I get all that. Yeah. But... You know, let's hear from guys who actually took the the crack of the garbage can and said that means a fastball. There is coming. actually a pitcher I do want to hear from, and that's Justin Verlander, just because he's so high and mighty and and so and so defiant whenever the media does and actually, anything to besmirch that, the Astros organization. You are banned from the clubhouse for because, asking for asking because, about the cheating scandal. Yes. Justin Verlander is going to kick you out of the clubhouse. Justin's going to have you banned, just like like he did the guy from Detroit last year. Yeah. If somebody, let me ask you guys this, because all the reports are that the Alex Bregmans and the Jose Altuve's that they that they were granted immunity and they were they were told you will not be punished at all if you just come clean and tell us what happened, who was involved, and essentially help us get 
a couple pelts on the wall here. We need to get a general manager and a manager to be fired so that the so that the pitchforks and torches can be put aside. If you were in that clubhouse and someone offered you from Major League Baseball, hey, you can rat out AJ Hinch and you can rat out your general manager and you won't be punished. Would you guys have taken that? I would I don't know if I could have taken that. If I was involved in it, I don't want AJ Hinch to take the fall for something that What's crazy I was just me, as much involved with. And and now there is a litany of people who are saying this, but Mike Fires, by a lot of people in baseball, broke the code of silence, which, by the way, is what criminals and corrupt people do in uh, government institutions. They have a code of silence because they're involved in crimes. And I'm doing air quotes around all of this. And if you're involved in a crime, you need a code of silence. And anybody who breaks that code of silence is a rat all of this with air quotes somehow mike fires is the rat even though he and a lot of people are saying he did this two years after the fact and he's not even an astro anymore okay but to me as somebody who just wants to know when people are cheating better late than never and at least he showed some kind of conscience but because of this stupid code of silence and because people in baseball have adopted mob mentality he now faces the possibility of being a pariah of having people look at him cross-eyed every time he walks into whatever clubhouse for whatever team that he happens to play at at that time because of this ridiculous mentality that people have. He's a rat, but yet somehow the guys who did what rats literally do, which is bargain for immunity to sell your co-conspirators down the river, they're getting off scot-free. Nobody's calling Jose Altuve or Alex Bregman or anybody else as a rat, even though they did what rats do, which is when the ship is going down, you will jump ship, do anything to survive, including drown the other rats around you. That's what these guys did. But that's because you can always sell people out above you. What you can't do is sell your cellmates out. So what the Astros players have done is they've protected each other. The A.J. Hinches. And GMs, they don't care about. But the key to me about this entire thing is, and and why it's going to work the way it's going to work, was Rob Manfred and company have no interest, had no interest in trying to punish players, because at that point, where would you stop? Like, are you going to go to the Astros and say, sorry, you guys can't play till July because we have to suspend 24 guys? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's, and then, and then, that's the and then, problem. And then the Red Sox and then... Exactly. And so then. so the commissioner, to me, has no interest in doing this in in a way that would actually punish players because I don't know where that stops. That's but, Pandora's box. Now, I don't agree with that, with what I'm saying as being the right thing, but I think that's why they're doing it this way. And, I, and listen, if, if you were... If you were the authority figure in charge of, uh, you know, uh, a bad apple, uh, if you were the authority figure in charge of systematic crime in this case, right, then you deserve to be punished. But I don't think what you just said should prevent Rob Manfred from also punishing players. If Listen, if 75 players had, let's say, buzzers attached to their jerseys, if 75 players are are on steroids and test positive, what are you going to say? Like, well, I mean... All right. Well, I guess I guess none of you are punished, which is kind of goes back to our Hall of Fame discussion from yesterday. You know, I think if you find out that this is what bothers me, why is Alex Bregman immune? Why not why not offer AJ Hinch immunity to rat out Alex Bregman? Like why why does it work one way and not the other in this case? Because he needed to do something to put a good face on this. To say we came down hard on this cheating scandal, and we're going to stop people from doing this, and we're going to prevent people from doing this in the future. He didn't want actual justice. 
he didn't want to he didn't want the guys who actually committed the crime to do the time because that's not good for baseball. Some of his best players won't be out there on the field playing the game, entertaining people, selling tickets, getting ratings. It's much easier for Rob Manford and the Houston Astros to sell Jeff Lunau and AJ Hinch down the river, make them look like the bad guys. And I'm not saying that they they, you know, hold no blame in this. They obviously do. But by all indications, the only the only responsibility that they hold in this is not stopping it. They didn't come up with the plan. They weren't the ones who hatched the plan. They weren't the the ones who were who were looking at the monitors and stealing the signs or relaying them to the batters that were standing at home plate. Jeff Lunau and AJ Hinch did none of that. None of that. But they're the only ones who are facing any any penalty. But what baseball is do- doing here to me is so obvious and, and clear. Basically, so they went after what they considered to be the head of the cheating, because that's a, you know, oh my gosh, these guys are, are suspended. And then if you don't think that Manfred went to the Mets, the Red Sox, and Houston and said, I'll suspend him, you fire him, you're mm-hmm. crazy. these It's way too coincidental that Carlos Beltran, who never managed a game, he cheated as a player, and by the way, players are all walking, agreed to step down and or was fired. The Mets didn't do that. The Mets were told, you are firing him. Mm-hmm. And the Red Sox were told, cut a deal with Cora or fire him. And A.J. Hinch was not fired because Jim Crane got mad. That's the, Jim Crane has no pride. He doesn't care. Look at the stuff Jim he has Crane. No morals. No, he doesn't. I mean, look at what Jim Crane did last time around. He looked like an idiot, right? Mm-hmm. The whole thing with, with his assistant GM, who he had to fire again. He was forced to, okay? Right. Manfred went to these three teams and said, you're going to fire them. I will suspend them. I mean, this is just to me is so obvious and it's so clear. And this is, this is as maddening to me and as cowardly or disgusting to watch as, as Goodell a few years back with Ray Rice and that whole thing, which again was transparent. Mm-hmm. Ray Rice stinks at football. Let's make an example of him now. You know, yeah, it's just like, come I, on. The fact it, it, it bothers me so much. Mostly Alex Bregman because he's so smug and that sure. clip from two years ago in the postseason. Punchable like, face. God. I talk about punchable faces. <laughs> that dude's got one. like the fact that we're gonna we're gonna find out that that dude was was going above and beyond and wearing a buzzer and oh sorry we can't do anything because yeah we uh, give that dude immunity. But that rubs me the wrong way. And I doubt Major League Baseball or Rob Manfred will do anything about this because they don't really want to do anything about this. They did say that in the investigation they found no evidence of these electronic devices being used on the field. If the Athletic does the investigation for Major League Baseball again, because that's what happened here, if Ken Rosenthal does the investigative work that Major League Baseball refuses to do and gets another smoking gun on the Astros that they were using the electronic devices, I don't think the immunity covers that. And by the way, like that, that smoking gun is out there because Trevor Bauer and other pitchers, but most notably Trevor Bauer, retweeted the initial buzzer tweet from... And I'm using air quotes now. Carlos Beltran's niece, right? He retweeted that and said, <laughs> "I have heard the same thing from multiple different angles." Like, if if a Ken Rosenthal or anybody else wanted to do some digging and say, "All right, Trevor, off the record, point me in the right direction here," it will it will come out at some point. Sure, but baseball is so blatantly arrogant that they they came out the day the buzzer story broke. They came out and said, "Oh yeah, yeah, we had heard that. We investigated and dismissed it." They didn't even give us the courtesy of acting like we were smart enough to be like, oh, you know what? We'll check that out. Yeah. They came out the same day within hours and said, we had heard that already and had found nothing credible to support it. Uh, Brian tweets into the show here, at Rami is tweeting, at Jay Zolgad, at Phil Mackey. 
Judd and Rami are both right. If this turns out to be like 100 players on 10 teams, it's tough to suspend them all because that would really hurt the game. But they all deserve to burn, so I would have been on board with it. But I'm a diehard. (laughs) Uh, You can always tweet at us. And by the way, we are looking in the 5 o'clock hour, we're going to do two things. We're going to do fire, extend, and year to year. And we want both of we want both sports and non sports examples of things we can do in fire extend year to year. So tweet them at us throughout the show. And then uh, five thirty, ask Mackie and Jeb with Rami makes its return on this Friday from the TCL studios. When we come back, some good news for the Minnesota Vikings that just came out about an hour and a half ago. But uh, we're watching right now. We're watching ESPN's afternoon slate of programming here on the TCL TV, in which Dan Lebatar was shirtless about 15 minutes ago. I'm not sure anyone really needs. That's to see not that. something I need to see in that crystal clear high definition. Not in 4K, man. But if it's your thing, TCL TV is Dude, the way to go. The only way I would want to watch Dan Lebatar shirtless is with a different TV that like doesn't me. get this kind of picture quality. <laughs> That'd be like <laughs> so. me being shirtless, and it's just not necessary. <laughs> So uh, we'll, we'll add Judd to the list of things we don't want to see on a TCL 4K Roku TV. I was going to say, one of our punishments for one of the things that we do as a show should be that person has to do the show shirtless, but I think that's a punishment to the other, the two, other two in the studio. Yeah. I don't think that, I mean, I wouldn't want to do If you like it. back hair, I'm all in. <laughs> just to tarp the seats. Can you imagine the little Judd back hair is just sticking out of the seats? No, I can't. I don't want to. TCL is America's fastest growing TV brand, and you can find TCL TVs inside any major local retailer here in the Twin Cities. You know, when it comes to finances, let's just cut right to Dale Tondrick here because I don't I don't necessarily know enough about long term investing in finances. There's a lot of a lot of people listening. You're busy. You got kids. You've got a career. And it's another full-time job to be up to speed on the latest short- and long-term investing strategies. And that's why you just go with Dale Tondrick. Dale Tondrick spends his entire life helping people save money for their retirement. He's a trusted source of information to help you on your path to save money for later in life. And there are just so many reasons to call Dale Tondrick today at 952-401-1671. Number one, maybe you want to make sure you're not running out of money later in life. Make sure you're saving enough. Maybe you're actually able to retire earlier than you think if you make the right financial decisions. Maybe there's various tax-related things that you're not in the loop on. 952-401-1671 or myinvestingcoach.com and let Dale Tondrick help you start planning your playbook for retirement. Jonathan here with the Score North download. We'll start off with Rammstein is live at U.S. Bank Stadium on Sunday, August 30th. Tickets are on sale right now at Rammstein.com. Download the Score North mobile app for your chance to win tickets to that show. Your Minnesota Golden Gophers men's basketball team headed out to Columbus, Ohio yesterday, last night, to a place they haven't won in 10 years, 10 plus years, since I believe 2005. And uh, they took on the Ohio State Buckeyes, and this was the end of the game. Off the front rim, it's pulled down by Carr. Minnesota with a chance to win it, right here. And it looks like Patino won't call the timeout. Special for Carr. Off the bounce, big time! That Carr will drive! That was the game-winning shot by Marcus Carr to put the Gophers up 62-59 to in the final seconds over Ohio State. They're now 11 and. Eight on the season, five and four in the conference, and according to Andy Katz, that makes them 
the number nine seed in one of his most recent mm. bracket predictions mm. heading into about a month and a half until February. Mm. Now, that's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Jeff with Rami. Damn. Yeah, Ken Pomeroy. You guys ever nerd out on KenPom.com Ken. for your for your brackets? Ken Pom's great. Uh, advanced rankings of college basketball teams. So the Gophers are 11 and 8, which usually, if you're 11 and 8 on paper, you pretty much have very little chance of getting to the tournament. He actually has them as the 34th best team in the country right now at 11 and 8 because they played so many tough games in their non conference. What's Ken Problem's uh, projections of Big Ten teams to go to the tournament? Because I saw as many as like a couple weeks ago, I saw something like 10 or 11. So he, I'll just go by the rankings because he, I, I'm assuming that he just wants the top like 64 teams to yeah. be in. Yep. So he has Michigan State, Maryland, Iowa, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Penn State, Rutgers, Illinois, Michigan, Purdue, all ahead of the Gophers. Wow. And the Gophers at 34. So he has 11? he has 11, he has 11 Big, Ten Big Ten teams, teams in, in the, the top, top 34. 34. Wow. Yeah. That's wow. insane. It's nuts. Is that is that it though? Are there any, well Indiana's 15 and 4. <laughs> is that all? He's got Indiana at 39. So okay. he has he has 12 Big 10 teams yeah. in the top 39. Who are the other two? I haven't followed Big Ten basketball very closely this season, but those two other teams must be garbage. Are we? Are we attorney talk time already? Are we doing bubble talk? Who's getting in? I think we just did. We just we just did. I think the fact that the Big Ten has that many um, teams maybe getting in is is a conversation because that's really weird. You know, ordinarily you're what six or seven teams. You know, let's throw it to Rami at the uh, March Madness desk here. I got to say, guys. If the season was dead today, if it was Selection Sunday, I think the Gophers are on the bubble. I don't know if this team is in. They have a pretty good resume. They got some good wins. They got some bad losses. I don't know. I think they're on the bubble. We'll see. There's still a minute left in the music, baby. How about things to say, guys? Just let the music play. Rami, how about those Golden Gophers (laughs) from Minnesota? How about them, Judd? Man, oh, man, that Marcus Carr... (laughs) Daniel Oturo, those are two exciting players headed to the pros shortly. Richard Patino's glad to have them. Why does Jonathan have his head in his hands right now? Are you all right, man? You what's, what's wrong with him? You don't like my, you don't like my bracketology character? No, I just like that with the bracketology character. You had like the head mo- the head movements and everything with it. Even though you're on radio, you still did the head movements and hand movements. You're like, commit to the bit, Jonathan. Yeah, commit to the bit. Could you do that, Jonathan? No, I couldn't. Come on, fire up the music for Jonathan. Absolutely Let's see what he not. does. Jonathan, we throw it to Jonathan Harrison at the March Madness update desk. I don't even know what to say. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. You guys are going to judge me for not doing this when you didn't do a Kevin Harlan thing during crank session a couple weeks ago. It was repeating everything he said. Don't even come at me. (laughs) Hold on. Jonathan, you realize in approximately one month, you are going to be the the NCAA basketball (laughs) tournament update desk. And then shortly thereafter, you're going to transition to what I think Phil and I consider to be our favorite time of the year. Hello, friends. Hello. We friend. don't we don't do this, Jonathan. We throw it to you. <laughs> Actually, since we're can you say Tiger Woods? Since, since, eight. Can you say Oosthusen? <laughs> Let's work on pronunciations. Jonathan, can you say babbling brook? Babbling brook. There you go. I Azale- feel like it has Azaleas. To be. Azaleas. 
Soothe me more with that voice, though. I know you don't Splendid. want that. <laughs> Splendid. 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 <laughs> Welcome, friends, to the 18th hole. <laughs> Gentlemen, since we've... I'm Jim Nance. Since we've stumbled into this segment, <laughs> we are now going to be giving you a Tiger Woods update. <laughs> of course. From Tory Pines. <laughs> Tiger Woods, who shot three under par yesterday in the first round, had a perfect slide cut into the fairway on 15 here in the second round of the tournament. Mm-hmm. His tee to green game has been a disaster today, according to Tiger Tracker. On can Twitter. you can you transition to the TNT? You're not talking soft enough right can now. Can you Jeff. please transition to the TNT? More upbeat music for the rest of this Tiger Woods update. This one right here? Yes. I didn't even know TNT had their own master's music. Oh, dude, this this the the best is... Actually, is it TNT or is it ESPN? Who has the rights to the weekend master's Oh, now? it's ESPN, I think, yeah. Yeah, they give you... That's right. They give you a lot of this on Thursday and Friday, and even to start the broadcast on Sunday. But then, on moving day... Rory atop the leaderboard, being chased by Phil and Tiger. Who will come away as victorious at the Master? Are we still CBS. friends on this day? What's that? Are we still friends when we get that music? Which music? This music? The more upbeat. Oh, hello, friends. No, no, no. No, no, no. We're all, we're not no, friends. no, no. Competition only. The same course once walked by Ben Hogan and Sam Sneed is where Louis Oosthuizen will be walking today. More on CBS after this. CBS. Gentlemen, the breaking news that's good for the Vikings, you would think anyways, George Payton he was he was scheduled. Tom Pelissero had this first on Twitter. Our friend from Tom Pelissero's NFL Insights on Mondays on the show that he either completed his second interview. I I couldn't read between the lines if he if he told the Browns no before the second interview or if he did went through the second interview and then after that was like no. But he withdrew his name from the Browns GM search and this is so he has now done this to the Browns. The Jets, right? Didn't the Jets try to hire him as the GM at one point? Yep. And did the Niners try to interview him? I think the Niners. I think he wanted the Niners job, and okay. then something happened there, and John Lynch got the job. But I believe Pelissero now has this as the hat trick for George on the Browns. I think we've had three different occasions where he's either turned them down completely, or in this case, gotten through the first session, and then the Browns alone. Yeah, I think the Browns are at yeah. This is oh, wow. Oh, for three on George. They've been flirting oh, wow. with him for a few years now. Wow. So do you guys think, if you were given a choice here, hey, you guys have been an assistant general manager in your life, and and the Browns are knocking right now, and you have to make a decision, you get more money, and you get, obviously, full control over the front office, Yep. and let's give it a five-year window. So you can get paid more money to run the Browns for the next five years, or you can get, get paid less money to be behind Rick Spielman and help run the Vikings. What's the right choice there? I'm going to say the same thing I said when we talked about Kevin Stefanski and whether he should take the Browns job. Yes, because A, there's only 32 of these jobs. You don't know how many of them are going to be available next season, and you don't know how long you're going to stay a hot commodity for. And also, I don't go into any situation saying, this has failed time and time again, so of course I'm going to fail. I have the mindset of, it's failed time and time again, but that's because I wasn't there. I'll make it work. And I think that's how any, especially somebody who's gotten 
to that level of their profession as I knock over my empty coffee mug. Thank God it was empty. Anybody who's gotten to that level of their profession doesn't have the loser mindset that, well, it's never worked for anybody else, so it's not going to work for me. Like That's just not how those guys think. If I go talk to the Browns people and the Browns people think what I think they probably tell you, I'd say, uh, no, peace out. There's two jobs in this league I probably wouldn't take. That would be GM of the Jets or the Browns. I think the problem is they're owned by doofuses who make bad decisions and t- and and you just see the litany of people who get fired quickly. And God bless Kevin, but he's a young man and he'll, he'll bounce back once he inevitably, like all of these guys, is fired. Um, so if I'm Peyton and I, George, George has to be 40 something at this point in time. If you said no before, you probably have had decent reason. You've got a good job here. You've got what would appear to be some security. I might think that with the amount of times that you've turned this job down, that you might be the guy in waiting. If this is like the Rams or something, I'm probably gone. I wouldn't work for the Browns. If you go into the, the Browns GM interview for the third time, there's no introductions there. You just sit down and like, so we're doing this again? I mean, we're back here again already? I think, like, I, I need to know what the money is for sure. But even if it's more money, I say no. This is where I disagree with Rami. I'm out on this job. It is a graveyard for careers. So in, in the short term, you make a little bit more money. But, you know, George Payton's not that old, right? What is he? He's got to be 40, 50, 47, 50, somewhere 40, there. I mean, he probably has something. 20 more years left to take a GM job at some point. And like you just said, if he's a hot commodity, he's going to get other offers. Let's just just look at the list of coaches for a second. Uh, I'd, I'd have to pull up a list of GMs. But from a coaching perspective, if you're wondering, what happens when you take that Browns job and it blows up in your face? All right? Let's go back to when the Browns came back in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. The first coach that took over was Chris Palmer. Some guy named Chris Palmer was the coach of the Browns from <laughs> 1999 yeah. through 2000. Okay? Yep. Chris Palmer, it was it was such a horrifying experience for him. Okay, His next head coaching job was a few years later. In the United Football League for the Hartford Colonials, like that's where his career went. He went from NFL coach to a, fun, a, fun league, a folded league a few years later. It was a fun league, and then whatever else he was doing. Okay, Butch Davis. Butch Davis became. Yeah. He went from Miami yeah. to the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. And Butch Davis was isn't he coaching at like some direct like Florida International or something? That sounds right. Yeah. So he went from coaching the Browns to like Florida International or whatever the hell FIU a few years later. Uh, Romeo Cronell. Terry Rubisky, Eric Mangini does some stuff for Fox now. Rob Chazinski, Mike Pettin, Hugh Jackson. Like you get you get that job and you go two and fourteen as a coach I told or a GM, story. and your career is over. When, when Mike Pet when Mike Pettin took the Packers defensive coordinator job, what now? Two years back, Rami. Mm-hmm. Mike Pettin at his press conference said, "I have no desire to ever be a head coach again in my life." Think I'm not, about that. I'm not here to get the job. And he's not that old either. I don't want the job. <laughs> That's how bad Cleveland is, though. Well, he's in his 50s, I guess. But Mike Patton was so horrified by his experience. He said, I never want to ever sign up for that ever again, even with a better organization. Well, and if you're Stefanski, or if you're George, too, and you might love Stefanski, you might think he's great. It probably only takes one time to sit down with the guy that owns the Brown Haslam. To It becomes crystal clear. The control that Kevin thinks Kevin has, he doesn't really have. And therefore, I'm working with Kevin hand in hand, and we are going to do our best. And eventually, somebody from above us is going to come down and screw this up. That's my feeling there. Yeah, I just like I'd rather wait a couple of years because the Vikings aren't. The Vikings might have a down season or something, but it's not going to be like like the Cleveland Browns. But is Rick basement. Spielman going anywhere anytime soon? I think you wait for the next 
opportunity. I think even if Spielman's not going anywhere for the next five years, I would rather wait for the next non-Browns opportunity. Literally any other opportunity besides Except the Cleveland the Jets. Browns. I'm seriously at two. I don't want to have a thing to do with the, <laughs> the Jets, Jets too. and I want nothing to do with the Browns. Those are the two teams that I think are oh, run. Man. Until they're sold, I think they're run by complete goofballs. God, it's uh, so so. Good news for Vikings fans. George Payton is is back in the mix. I want to mock, mock. I want to mock, mock. Yes. Jonathan, if you could give us some soothing NFL films music here. Happy Mel Kiper version 1.0 day, gentlemen. Oh, man. (laughs) I wait for this day for 364 days. Mock drafts aren't real until we see this mock draft. Exactly. This is Christmas. Do you think, before we get to this mock draft, do you guys think Mel Kiper has been usurped by Todd McShay as Godfather mock yet? Or is, is when you guys think of the face of mock drafts, is Mel Kuyper's dome of hair still yes, the face of my dress? Yeah, is he? Okay. For sure. If this is Christmas, McShay's basically an elf. And I mean, he's the lead <laughs> elf. He's a cute elf. But this is Santa Claus. For okay. sure. Yeah, that's fair. Coming he's down Robin. The ch- he's Robin. Mel Kuyper is Batman. Todd McShay is Robin. Coming down the chimney with the draft picks. That's fair. Do you think Do you think Todd McShay is always destined to be a Robin, or does he have potential to be a Batman at some point? He might be a Batman at some point. Okay. I mean, Robin eventually turned into Nightwing. He went off and did his own thing. Night what? Night Nightwing. Was that a spinoff? Yeah. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. I don't even want to. It's okay. You okay. don't need to. Thank you. Nightwing. Not that. The hell the type character. of name is Nightwing. <laughs> he went to a different city. He got out of Gotham. So he got transferred? Yeah. Like George Payton. He took a job elsewhere. Yeah. He went to a worse name. His city. wife actually got relocated for her job and he had to he go. He had with to her. go. He had yeah. to go. Hey, and ben, he was, and he hey Batman, like, I got news for you. Hey, Bruce, I got news. He's like, I want a fresh start. I don't want to do the Robin stuff anymore. New costume. What's up, little guy? It's Rob now. (laughs) (laughs) It's Robert. I've become an adult. With the number one overall pick on Mel Kuyper's version 1.0 mock draft on ESPN.com, the Cincinnati Bengals select Joe Burrow. I'm not going to go through all of these, but some of the highlights. Washington, with the number two pick, selects pass rusher Chase Young from Ohio State. Let's get to the next quarterback here, which is number five. And this kind of validates what we've been talking about. If the Vikings want to get Tua... You probably have to trade up ahead of the Miami Dolphins because the Dolphins, according to Godfather Mock, are taking Tua at number five. Justin Herbert, the third quarterback off the board, to the Chargers at number six. And then um, let's scroll down here. Get into the teens. A couple wide receivers coming off the board. No quarterbacks, no quarterbacks, no quarterbacks. The Minnesota Vikings... With the 25th overall pick, according to Godfather Mock. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Go to 24, because that is a quarterback. Oh, you're right. And it's interesting. too fast. It's interesting. Oh, oh. Uh-huh. One pick before the Vikings. The New Orleans Saints at number 24 pick Boomer Bust, as they're labeling him. The next Pat Mahomes-type prospect, Jordan Love, quarterback Utah State. Are we doing the Pat Mahomes thing because Jordan Love is also African-American? Is that why we're... Oh, he's the next. I mean, people, people bust. People Pat do Mahomes. that all the time. Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. My, I haven't done my scouting on Jordan Love yet, so I don't know if he's a Patrick Mahomes type or whether that's merited. But I wouldn't be surprised if people were just yeah. doing it because uh, their skin is the same color. Well, it's funny that like the guy whose last name Herbert is not the Boomer Bust because he's a white guy. But I digress. Number twenty-five, Minnesota Vikings, according to Mel Kiper, select 
Offensive tackle from Houston, Josh Jones. I want to mock. Mock. I want to mock. Mock. And the write-up says a four-year starter for the Cougars. Jones has had a great week at the Senior Bowl, and I Mm. feel good about making him the fifth offensive tackle of this first round. The Vikings got a solid season out of Brian O'Neill at right tackle, but left tackle Riley Reef isn't the long-term answer. The six foot six, three hundred ten pound Jones could be long-term. You also could keep an eye on a cornerback here, of course, as there could be some upheaval with Trey Waynes and Mackenzie Alexander hitting for agency and Xavier Rhodes, a possible cap casualty. We already know Mike Zimmer loves coaching up talented cornerbacks. I want to mock. mock. I want to mock. mock. So there it is. What would excited? you guys think of uh, Josh Jones, a six foot six, three hundred ten pound potential franchise left tackle? I'm all about drafting offensive lineman here if it's not a quarterback. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah, I'm glad it's an offensive tackle. I don't know a ton about Josh Jones. Doesn't matter. But I'm assuming he has a first round grade. They need an offensive tackle who has a first round grade. Cool, good fit. Yeah, fine, totally fine with it. Like, yeah, but don't you have a hard time getting excited for an offensive lineman? Even no, like, honestly, even no, though, not in this town. Yeah, I think it's a standing ovation at the draft party. No, if, they take a, if they take a left tackle, potentially, no, I think we all get very excited. If they take a cornerback, we riot. I just mean, like, you know, ev- like after every guy is drafted, they they roll out the highlight reel. Like when it's a quarterback or a wide receiver or running back, it does some stuff that makes you go, "Oh, ooh, you see that highlight sure, reel? Sure. Oh man!" Sure. Yeah. And then you see an offensive lineman, and he's just a big dude like holding off other know, big man. dudes. Here's my question: Can the boat hold him? So as they're taking him across the across the uh, great waters question. in Vegas, is the boat strong enough? I'm, I'm going to assume that. They've prepared these boats or whatever you want to call them. These little what if it just starts to. They've got to be like good up to four hundred pounds, right? What if it just starts to sink, submerge? Sorry, uh, we have. Oh my we have, god! We've taken Josh off the board. He actually drowned on his way to the green room. Is that is that what's going to happen? Hey, football. It's the so team has to send in three selections in case the first one. <laughs> case I, the first one drowns. I, I refuse to wear a life jacket. <laughs> Am I the only one who wants to see that thing go wrong? We all want oh, to see that go to, wrong, right? right? hundred percent. I want problems with the boat. I want it to sink. I want it to stall out in the middle of the in the middle of the fountain. I want something actually you know to what? happen with the, the best boat. thing. It's Bellagio, right? Yeah. So can we? Can, I'm assuming they're shutting off like the fountain and the light party, right? Can that go not. off accidentally during well, the that would be great? That would be outstanding. What if the boat punctures punctures the stage and the whole stage with Goodell starts to go but down? They can't stop it. <laughs> they can't. They can't anchor it in time. What if Goodell just comes out into the stage with a life jacket on because of that? But do you know how long and awkward. This is going to be, unless it's a speedboat, Roger Goodell is going to announce, and with the next pick in the 2020 NFL draft, the Vikings select. (laughs) Yeah, because they don't want people, they don't want people even tweeting who the next pick is going to be. Like, they're trying to be super secretive about this and maintain as much of the suspense that they can. So you can't have, like, the next guy. Like getting on the like walking up to port, I guess it is, and, and boarding the ship <laughs> before Roger Goodell says who it is. How are they gonna do it then? I don't know. It's just gonna be long and awkward. Roger Dude. Goodell is gonna announce it, and then he's gonna stand there for like ninety seconds, wait for this boat to dock, and, and then this guy like, like get off to each other. Somebody's gonna fall. Have you ever gotten off a boat? Have you ever gotten off a boat at a dock? Somebody's falling. It's because you're usually drunk. Well, that's a fair point, but I'm telling you, somebody's going <laughs> to fall, and it's going to be super long and awkward. This reminds me, okay, I know that I'm I'm the main wrestling geek in here, but maybe maybe Jonathan has a shot at this. Do you remember, Wrestle? I think it was WrestleMania 6, 
where they all had, or was it three? It was one of those like early WrestleManias, and they had these slow moving carts that looked like they were like miniature rings. And like Andre the yes. Giant would just be in this cart. I actually the, love that. And the intros would take like 20 minutes for this, they were this slow H moving cart to get down. All right, introducing next from, uh, you know, <laughs> Parts Cobb unknown. County, Georgia, the big <laughs> boss man. And he's just like, it's like a tenth of the way down this ramp. He's moving slowly. Like, All right. They go. built a ring on a hover round, one of those scooters for old people. It's just going down the ramp like, come on. <laughs> Football! Amazing. All right, when we come back, it's one of our it's one of our new favorite games. Extend fire or year to year, gentlemen. And people are mm-hmm. you can send us in your suggestions. If you've got one that we should go through, tweet us at Phil Mackey, at Rami is tweeting, and at Jay Zolgad. Let's talk about the best car dealership and service department in the Twin Cities here for a brief moment. Luther Brookdale Toyota on the corner of six ninety four and Brooklyn Boulevard. So um uh, try to think back to this morning. What was I listening to? In my 2019 RAV4 XLE with that CarPlay system built in, the Entune system, basically turns my whole car into a smartphone. Uh, I was listening to a Ringer podcast called The Rewatchables where they were doing a deep dive into the Wolf of Wall Street. Just like a two-hour deep dive into the Wolf of Wall Street. You guys Wolf of Wall Street fans at all? Yeah. It's a great movie. Really good movie. What I love most about... The CarPlay uh, built into the dashboard on these Toyotas is you get your, anything that you listen to on your phone comes up as an app on the screen. So, like, if you're a Score North listener and you've got one of these RAV4s or you've got – there's all kinds of other winter-friendly vehicles that have great deals right now. Tundras, Tacomas, 4Runners. You can just tap that Score North app. It's great. Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. Judley. Thank you, Philip. I, I want to talk to you right now about my friend Jason Walgrave, the Walgrave Real Estate Group, and their guaranteed sales program – And, you know, on this show, throughout sports, we always talk about what? We always talk about guarantees, right? We talk about, I guarantee I guarantee you the Twins are going to win 101 games again in 2020. Okay, I really don't, but I could say that, and you're like, oh, man, what a guarantee. And then you move on, and you forget about that. Now, what if I told you about a guarantee that could hit much closer to home? A guarantee that is really a guarantee. A guarantee that affects you and that you're going to like. If you are, are looking to sell your house, Jason and his team will guarantee, that's right, I said guarantee the sale of your home when you list with the Walgrave Real Estate Group. I said guarantee. Why have a guaranteed offer? You know, some people in town, we guarantee an offer. When you can have a guaranteed sale, it's this simple. All, all you need to do is go to minnesotahometalk.com, click on the guaranteed sale button to learn how this program works. If you are going to move this spring, now is the time to act. There is pressure in moving, right? There's a ton of pressure. There, there's getting things together. There's calling people. There's all this. But this makes it simple because it's a guaranteed sale program. Again, I need you to go to minnesotahometalk.com, click on the guaranteed sale button to learn more. That's minnesotahometalk.com, and click on that guaranteed sale button. I'll guarantee you, you'll be glad you did. Oh, man, I don't know if I can get this in in two minutes. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Welcome back. Mackie and Joe with Rami here on this Friday. You can find all kinds of great stuff on scorenorth.com right now, including Matthew Collar's look ahead at the Vikings in 2020 and things they should do at each position, things that they could do at each position. You can also find all kinds of 
coverage from Josh Donaldson week on scorenorth.com from Derek Wetmore and Judd Zolgad and also Jake DePew. And we, when did we start doing fire extend year to year? I think this popped up Probably like second half ago. of Viking season, like yeah. maybe right before Christmas or something. I would say about a month ago. And a bunch of people have just been sending us in for the last few weeks. Just like randomly people will send us on Twitter at Phil Mackey at Rami is tweeting at Jay Zolgad. Things, both Minnesota sports and non-sports that they want us to do in fire extend year to year. And so I've got a little list here. Some stuff that I came up with and a couple, couple suggestions here that we can go through on Twitter. We're going to go through some fire extend year to years. And if you want to chime in and you want to, you want to throw one at us, 651-646-8255. Or you can tweet at us during the show right now. We always follow Twitter. We're also going to get to some Ask Mackie and Jeb with Rami at, at 5. We'll call this Interactive Friday here on the show, I guess, because uh, the entire hour is going to be stuff from you guys, the listeners. I'm going to put a couple guys together in these first two and make you choose between Falvey Levine as one, so the basically the twins front office tandem, Jose Barrios and Max Kepler. Fire extend year to year. Hmm. John, you want to lead this one off? Sure. Um, I am going to extend the guys in charge because their shelf life could be a very long time if I keep them here. So I will extend Derek and Thad. Year to year, this is a tough one between two players, but Year to year, I'm going to go with the faith that Jose Barrios takes another step in 2020. Oh, wow. And is and if that's the case, is, and I know people are going to roll their eyes, but if he's on the way to being a true ace, ace-like stuff, those guys are hard to find. And God bless, God bless him, but Maxie plays a corner outfield position. I can flat-out replace him. Max, you're fired. But then he wouldn't be the MVP of the World Series like you predicted and write that down. Sometimes Judd has to make Judd unhappy. <laughs> I think I'm with I'm you. On, I'm with you on Falvey and Levine. They get extended. I think. I think though. I keep Kepler year to year, and I and I probably fire Rios just because of the precocious nature of pitchers' arms and how they can just fall off at any moment. Who's precocious? Isn't it? Isn't that? Did I no misuse that to, word? Okay, you used to write. Has to be a All smart right. ass. <laughs> it just sounded good. Like an arm can fall off at yeah, any right. moment. Yeah, this guy could. Need, I hate to even say it, right. and then I'll be the guy blamed for doing it. But he could need Tommy John surgery, like in April or May. Max Kepler, yes, guys get hurt, but the guy does have. Like MVP potential, MVP type of tools, if he puts it all together. MVP of the World Series. That's what I'm saying. Judd yeah. Zolgad says he's going to be MVP of the <laughs> World Series, and I trust that guy. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm in alignment with Rami on this one. So we all are extending Falvin. Yes. I'm going year to year on Kepler yep. because I just think I think that guy, if he's going to hit 35 home runs, or if he's just going to be one of your cornerstone players, and he's more likely, and Barrios is also one of your cornerstone players, but Max Kepler is more likely to still be healthy in five years than Jose Barrios is, just by the nature of, if you ding your elbow or your shoulder as a pitcher, you're screwed. You could hurt your knee or something, you know, an oblique, and you can come back and still be a great hitter. It doesn't wipe your career out. How about these How about these three? We're going to lump another group together here, okay? Daniil Hunter, Diggs and Thielen as one, as one entity. So basically your your two star receivers as one entity. What's their combined name? What's their Falveen? Uh Dylan. I've actually said that before when my brain gets confused. Th- Thigs? No, I said Dylan. <laughs> Dylan or Thigs? I think they're Dylan. Does it have to be the last name? No, it could be the first name. Stefatum? 
No, I, no. Feel, like that, I feel like that's no. lazy. All right. Adam Vaughn. <laughs> okay, now I'm sorry. That'd be the last name with these two. That Jonathan, work. I'd like to apologize for asking that question. And we'll throw Kirk Cousins on here, too. Kirk Cousins. Uh, Statham. And Daniil Hunter. Hmm. I can't. Daniil Hunter gets extended. Pass rushers are at a premium. To me, the importance of positions, the way I rank them, is quarterback, guys who chase quarterbacks. That's 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 how I look at football. So, Daniil Hunter is getting extended. Probably year to year, Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen and Kirk Cousins is fired. I can probably find another Kirk Cousins. You don't have many, if any, wide receiver tandems like you do Diggs and Thielen. So, for me, it's extend Hunter, year to year, Diggs and Thielen, and fire Kirk Cousins. I'm with Rami completely. Okay. It, this is probably the simplest one on this sheet, and it's about to get tougher. Okay, I agree. We'll get to the third one here. Alcohol, carbohydrates, or access to a TV in your home. Dude. Fire extend year to year. I want Jonathan in on these two. Because <laughs> yes. I think all three of these things are near. Well, first, the last two are for sure near and dear to Jonathan's heart. I, don't, I think Jonathan might fire alcohol. Yeah, I'm firing alcohol. Your loss. Sorry. <laughs> I'm extending. That's like saying you're going to kill one of Judd's children. <laughs> Sorry, Judd. Yeah, my IPA is very upset with you right now. I'm extending carbohydrates and going year to year with TV. Really? Yeah. You're extending carbs. I love yeah. it. That's great. I mean, look I at do, me, Ron. I do love pasta, man. I love yeah. bread. I can't, like, I hear people talking about this keto diet and that's the best way to lose weight. I can't. I've I can't seen people lose. I've seen people lose a lot. Of the mere like thought of it, I'm out. Like, forget even trying it. The mere, I don't have the willpower to even think about the keto diet. But then again, I have a serious TV addiction. I don't drink that much. I might drink like two or three times a month, excessively those two or three times, but only two or three times a month. Remind me not to hang out with you. So alcohol, alcohol is fired. That's two fires. I got I got to pick between carbs and TV. I went with extending carbs because I can survive without TV. I can't survive without. Food, Is that all so. carbs? I can't have potato chips. He just—it says carbs, man. Yeah, you're out. I need me some food. Mm. I think, but what am I going to do without TV? What do I do with my free time if I don't have eat TV? carbs, man? Eat more carbs. <laughs> I just—I what am I going to read a book? I was just hit with a brilliant <laughs> bolt of lightning on this question. Okay. All right. This is very simple, actually. No, it's at, not. At first, I thought it wasn't, but it is. I'm extending booze. Of course. Surprise. I'm going year to year with carbs. I'm firing TV because it specifically says access to a TV in your home. Ooh. So I'm going to the bar to wanna, drink and eat and watch TV. I don't want to be around people. Question. Can I watch TV on my phone? No. Okay. You don't. I mean, so you, can, you, you, can, you can use your phone, but you can't watch you don't have a screen to be entertained on. But I can go elsewhere and watch and watch. You can like scroll through Twitter and social media, but you won't be able to pull up like your YouTube TV app or anything like that. You have to go somewhere else to watch TV. Yeah, oh, yeah, so that's simple for me. I think we, people? I think we all might have different answers here. I, I fire access to a TV in my home as well. No so I'm with wow. man. No way. Yeah, wow. I, I will find another way. I will go down the hallway. I live in a, an apartment complex. I will go down to the community room, or I will go across the street a to a bar. Have you yeah. ever seen somebody in one of those community rooms? Never. Never. That's why. Ever. They're, they're wide open. Yeah. You can watch TV in there. That's true. I, it's a fair point. I don't have one in my building, though. I extend carbs 
because I, I'm not I don't dive all in on carbs. Like I'm I'm good with a salad, but I don't I don't want to be without carbs my whole life. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I don't know that I can I'm gonna live, guarantee that I have carbs. I don't know I don't know that I can live without pasta. I just, I don't think I can live without pasta. I think I would literally die. I think I would waste away and die if I couldn't eat pasta. Athlete challenge. <laughs> Verbally binding. Yeah. Weighing in at one seventeen. <laughs> and I'm I'm going year to year on alcohol. Yeah. Because I'm like Rami. You say you drink like three or four times a month. Yeah. That's it. I, I I'm a I'm like a one sip. Five six nights a week, I just want like a little nightcap. I'm, I'm a nightcap last guy. night. I'm drinking scotch. Ask me some questions. Little nightcap. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Nightcap. How'd that go? By the way, it went really well. Good. Yeah, right. that's fair though. Yeah, I want a little nightcap. All right. Uh, at, uh, this is this is fire extend year to year six five one six four six eight two five five. Matthew, what's yours? Throw hey. one, throw one at us. Fire extender year to year. Rob Manfred, Roger Goodell, Adam Silver. Oh man, Ooh, I can't the just fire them all. Um, I really think Rob Manford is on a mission to to ruin baseball, so he's fired. <laughs> he hates you, like Roger Goodell. Like he called this, me one's, this one's pretty easy. Roger Goodell and Adam Silver are just incompetent. Um, and Adam Silver, you think Adam Silver's incompetent? Well, no, I can't. Say, I, I, I can't extend say Adam Silver. He's not his, his, his handling of the China situation rubbed me the wrong way. But before that. He had a pretty good record, so I'm extending Adam Silver. Yes, Roger Goodell is year to year because he's just a clown. I don't think he has like bad intent. Rob Manfred wants to break baseball. He wants to ruin baseball, and he is fired. Yeah, I'm I'm out on That's Rob good. Manfred. I feel like Manfred came in. This is a good one, Matthew. Thank you. Goodell does, by the way, have bad intent, but you, I think what you just did not is to right. the sport. Oh no, I think he does. Oh, you think so? Oh yeah, there, there are. He I is, think Rob Manfred hates baseball. He serves one thing, and that is the almighty dollar to the people who own teams who are his bosses. But I think your scenarios. Yeah, he's per- doing what's perfect. good for business. I think Rob Manfred hates ba- I think Rob Manfred is an anti-baseball agent working from the inside. I think. He, <laughs> I think <laughs> of those of those he's three, a Russian spy for sure. Look of, at it, look at the guy. Of those three, I think the only one with an actual soul is Silver. Agreed. Goodell and, and and Manfred don't have souls. A little part of his soul got bought by China, but agreed. Yeah, this one's easy. Manfred's gone. Goodell is year to year, and you extend Adam Silver. You can't you can't argue extending either one of these other two guys. So this one this one breaks down pretty easily. Agreed. You're extending Adam Silver. Mm-hmm. This one comes in from Jim on Twitter. Fire extend year to year. Jim Nance, Al Michaels, Joe Buck. Have we had this one before? No, no? I don't think so. Fire. Get some calls on this too. Six five one six four six eight two five five. If you want to throw one at us, I'm firing Nancy. Wow, Jim Nancy's Whoa. out. Wow, you're Whoa. just done with you're done with friends. I'm extending Al, despite the fact Al's old. I what? still think he's fantastic. Oh no, man, and I'm going year to year. You got this all wrong with Joe I, I, with Jackson. What you're thinking here. You've been you've been eating too many carbs and drinking too much beer at the bar. <laughs> well, that might be true. Jim Nance to me, Jim Nance, I'm not a huge fan of. I think this one is very clear cut here. I think you say goodbye to Al Michaels. Al Michaels has been, for God's sakes, his signature call was forty years ago. He's still very good. And you got Mike Tirico right behind him, waiting in the wings. So. For Dude, sure, it's Al, easy to. Al, Al Michaels' body language screams to me. I'm done with this crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you realize post game he goes to an airport, jumps in his private plane, and flies home? Yeah, he can just stay home. And, wow. and he's great. He's great. He's great. I think Mackie and I are going down the same road here. Yeah. Let's see. So Al Michaels is gone. Out. I am going year to year on Jim Nance, and I am extending the most underrated 
top sports broadcaster in American TV See, history. I can't, I can't even Buck. say sports. Football. I like Joe Buck on football. He's good not, baseball. Not crazy about him oh, on that, baseball. That's a disgusting. There's, actor there's right there. too much. There's too much room to fill, which makes for too much Joe Buck. Like I can take Joe Buck in small doses of like who's your favorite baseball? His guy? personality coming through. I can I can take that in small doses. When there's baseball, there's just way too. Who's much your favorite baseball guy for Joe Buck to come out currently? Yeah, like if you could get someone to call the World Series, probably Brian Anderson, the Milwaukee Brewers. Hmm. And I think that guy is a, a rising star. I don't even know if you can call him a rising star in the broadcast business anymore. There are rumors that he's Marv Albert's replacement as the number one guy for TNT whenever whenever Marv hangs up the headphones. I think Brian Anderson is top of the game right now. Okay. So uh, how about this one? Well, actually, let's let's take another phone call here. 651-646-8255. Chuck and Cottage go. Fire extend year to year. Throw one at us. All right. This one's in Judd's wheelhouse, Minnesota Wild. I'm going to group Zach Parisi, Ryan Suter together, okay. Bruce Boudreau, and Miko Koivu. I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay, right, so. It's good. Boy, I'm glad I didn't immediately say uh, fire you the have group to ex- of Parisi. The headline is and, here, you have to extend one. This is the headline. Oh, but it's not hard. I'm going to extend Bruce. I'm going to, well, actually, you know what? No, no, no. Hold on a second. I'm going to extend Bruce. But because of semantics and contracts, I'm going to fire Parisi and Suter because if I fire them, their contracts are now gone and they've got like eight years left. And, and Koivu's in the last year of his contract, so I'm going to extend him for now and then in April tell him, see you later. So now, so now I've cleared out everybody except for Bruce, and I like Bruce. Thank you. That's a walk-off. Did you see Chad's that came in earlier? Throw I, think, it at I think he sent it in the in the first hour. I'm trying to pull it up on it's and this one's easy for me, but I think it might be harder for some people. Where is it? I got I got one in the meantime from, okay. from Rick here on Twitter. Fire extend year to year. Chicken wings, nachos, or mozzarella sticks. Ooh. I'm firing mozzarella sticks yep, immediately. Same. Not not a, I like them, but I'm not a huge fan. Really? Mm, fried fan cheese, cheese, man. Nope. I'm extending. I'm with Jonathan. I'm extending nachos. No, wings are getting the extension for me. Okay, for sure. Extending nachos. I'm going year to year on the chicken wings, and I'm I'm firing the mozzarella sticks. I'm with you on that. And here's why: I think mozzarella sticks are fired. I think all three of us are firing mozzarella sticks. And 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 by the way, it's all due respect to mozzarella sticks. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. But I'm not here to denigrate mozzarella sticks. Mozzarella sticks. Here's my biggest problem. My biggest complaint. Okay. If you get wings, nachos, or mozzarella sticks when they hit the table you you want one right yeah L- like it's not a, like it's not a well i'll wait a little while mozzarella <laughs> sticks burn your tongue consistently like because you just shovel it right in and ouch but they have i thought you see where i thought you were going is mozzarella sticks are great when they hit the table yes they'll burn your tongue in the roof of your mouth I hate that because the cheese is all melty and it yes. pulls away when you take a bite They're or break a it choking in half, hazard but uh, after like three <laughs> minutes that cheese has gone right back to its solid form, and that mozzarella stick is not nearly as enjoyable as it was when it first hit the table. So it's it's too hot to enjoy right away when the cheese right. is in perfect form. Yeah, that's what I think. And then it's there's, too, there's it's just, a real short window for prime mozzarella stick. Yeah, short short window. It's right? got to be fired. You got to fire it. I'm with you. The one Chad had, and this is easy for me, but we may disagree and fight over this. I'm willing to throw fists. Chicago style pizza, New York style pizza, or fried pizza? I need clarification on what fried pizza is. 
What's New York style exactly? New York is like Fold, a, like foldy, like a thin, of, a thin like yeah, thin. Well, I'm extending that. I I love that huge slice. Chicago's like fold in half. Chicago's out. All right, let's. Wow. I'm not a deep wow. dish guy. Wow. So you're going with fried pizza? Well, what's fried pizza? Not exactly. what it is. Yeah, I have no idea. What I'm it not is. a deep it's dish fired. guy. It, it fills me up I too much. Fried pizza might be a Minnesota thing. That's you can't drink. Thinking. You can't drink as much beer because it fills you up. Nah, I'm <laughs> I'm out on. All right, someone Chicago. just someone just called in with this one. Okay, fire extend year to year. Uh, an unnamed caller, or this is just Jonathan. No, no, no. It was wanting caller. us to answer his own, no, and he's texting it to me. It's okay. All right, <laughs> all right. Watching sports, whatever your favorite hobby is, watching sports or sex. Sex is extended. Yep. <laughs> You're welcome for the drop, Jonathan. <laughs> for sure. Who's firing sex? Is anybody firing sex? <laughs> I mean, watching sports. Wait, what's the third what? thing? Your favorite hobby. Come on. Come on. I'm extending sex. My favorite hobby <laughs> could also be a cross between yeah. the two of the other I was going to say, they, <laughs> the third one doesn't work because for I, some people it's one of those things and for others it's the yeah, other Yeah, what if your favorite things? hobby is sports or is sex? <laughs> like or I, both at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> I think we need a third thing here that actually would be like pizza. Listen, like I golf. I'm a golfer. I like, I like to golf. Right, but I'm saying like instead of instead of hobby, I think we need sex, watching sports, like pizza, like something that's fundamentally important. Because your favorite hobby, a lot of times, could be one of the other things. Like All right, Judd, you asked for it. Beer. Oh, that's okay. oh, 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 oh man. Is, Judd's head just How about exploded. we change for Judd? How about we change watching sports to going to live sporting events? No, I think he could, I think he could, I think he could live with that. Just how about we just eliminate sports from Judd's life or sex or, or beer. beer? One of those three <laughs> is just eliminated from did your we life. Just hit on, in addition to sleep and go to the bathroom, did we just hit on the, like the Mount Rushmore of Judd's day? The five tenets of Judd's life. Can I just be done with life? <laughs> I mean, it's been 50 years. It's been a lot of fun. Can I just call a press conference and say, you know what? I'm out of here. It's over. It's over. Uh, Chris, Chris, you're on Mackie and Joe with Rami. Fire extend year to year. Throw one at us. World Series, Super Bowl, and Stanley Cup. Okay, World That's Series, That's hard for Super me. Bowl, That's going to be Cup. simple for these two. Not necessarily. Or NBA championship for I mean, you guys instead of Stanley I have, Cup. I have to fire Stanley Cup because I'm not as much yeah. of a hockey yeah. guy. Stanley Cup is fired. Yeah. Um... Now, I'm much more a baseball guy than a football guy. But the Super Bowl, the event that the Super Bowl is, and the spread that I make. Yeah, I was going to say it's a, it's for a the Super Bowl. Like, you can't, your life. you can't do that for the world. I can't make that spread for seven games. <laughs> like that. Uh, for, who? First of all, it's just too much work. Second uh, of another all, another athlete challenge. Second of all, <laughs> I'm going to need to get my cholesterol checked immediately after those seven games are over. So that that's what makes it tough for me. The Super Bowl, the event of the Super Bowl. Is, hmm. I think I'm going year to year World Series and extending the Super Bowl. I am doing the same thing. I'm going. I, the The Super Bowl is a guaranteed. It's you know it's going to be entertaining and fun, and it's a full day and it's food and everything. The World Series until baseball gets its act together and we stop banging on trash cans and Rob Manfred's not the commissioner anymore. I'm going to go. I'm going to put year to year on the World Series. I hate to do this, but because I love hockey, I'm going to extend the Stanley Cup. I am going to go year to year with the Super Bowl. Wow. And I'm done. 
I'm done with baseball. Wow. And think and think about too though how long those World Series games take. I mean, there are World Series games now that I don't get to the completion of because they're so long. I'm firing it until you can condense it down or start playing daytime games. I'm done with it. Amazing. Amazing. Good call. Uh, that's a good one, Chris. That's a good one. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Now, if I replaced for both you guys Stanley Cup with NBA Finals, now what do you Same do? Same for me. NBA Finals are fired. God, I love the NBA Finals. I was going to say, this is more and like I love the Stanley ba- Cup. This is what's tough. For you. Baseball is, for. I, I'm 34 years old, and for 34 years, baseball has been my favorite sport. Yep. Basketball has become my new, like, sort of second favorite. It's like my stepson or something. Like, I've just really, I've like, I've, I've adopted this new thing Taking the last 10 years. Own. I love the Finals. Even though it wasn't my yours ste- to start stepson. with, you've now yep. accepted it Does as your own. basketball like you back? I got to say... I would, I would then, I would still put the Super Bowl as I'm going to extend the Super Bowl. Okay. I'm going year to year on the NBA Finals, and I am also, yeah, temporarily firing. I can, I can go, I can go Billy Martin on it and hire it back, right? I don't. I know. I can hire it back. What are the rules of this game? All right, when we come back here, why, wait, wait, why do we let Judd off the hook? He never answered the most oh. impossible fire extend year to year that we've ever presented anyone on this show. Okay, so it was beer, beer, sex, sex and sports. Okay. So I'm going to extend sports. Wow. Sex is for the purpose of procreation. There's a lot of people already out there. <laughs> Hold on. Sex. What? This guy's firing sex. I think you got to have beer. I think I got to keep beer because, like, if I, if I fire beer, that's it. No more beer. <gasps> wow. But what wait, wait, wait. Happened? You know what? Before today's show is done, I will give my answer. All right. All right. I am. I promise. I wow, will. That's a tease. In fact, you know what? Bring it back with Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> we can ask Patrick the same question. I am mentally debating this as well, and I said debating this as well. Let's bring this back with Roy C. And I will give my final answer. You are a master show. mental debater. In the category, of, be very careful with how you say that. In the category of sentences, I never thought I'd say firing sex would be the hottest take of all hot takes ever. That's why we're here at Score North. When we come back, two, two, well, three different things. We're going to wrap with Royce. <laughs> Phil's thrown off completely by this. No, this Me is too. Good. This is good. We're going to continue. <laughs> we're going to continue fire extend and year to year, and also we're going to we're going to loop in ask Mackie and Judd with Rami anything six five one six four six eight two five five. We're going to get back to some more Friday fun day here on Mackie and Judd with Rami. Little Ask Mackie and Jeb with Rami anything. A little fire extend year to year. But Federated Mutual Insurance Company is here to give business owners the peace of mind that you deserve. You put your entire life into your business. You put your blood, your sweat, your tears. I mean, not always your blood. Um, that can be weird, I guess. But you're pouring all this mental energy and all these hours into your business. And the last thing you want is for something to happen to your business that puts you on the defense and that's where Federated comes in. Based in Owatonna, Minnesota, over a century of experience in standing behind business owners, and they will help business owners in many different industries, auto services, cabinet and custom woodworking, retailers, wholesalers, contractors, dealerships, funeral services, machine, plastics, tool. You can find a full list of industries Federated protects at their website, federatedinsurance.com. Remember, Federated, it's their business to protect yours. Jonathan here with the Score North download. Ramstein is live at U.S. Bank Stadium on Sunday, August 30th. Tickets are on sale right now over at Ramstein.com. Download the Score North mobile app for your chance 
to win tickets to the show. A couple of Minnesota sports news updates here. Tom Pelissero a couple of hours ago tweeting out Vikings assistant GM George Payton has pulled himself out of the running for the Browns GM job. The same thing with the Jets last year. And then Derek Wetmore tweeting out the 40-man roster move to make room on the Minnesota Twins roster for Josh Donaldson was Ryan Harper has been DFA'd. That's been your score North Donald. Now back to Mackie and Judith Rami. All right, here's another one that came in. Fire extend year to year. This one's for Rami specifically from listener Frank. The Chicago Bears, Chicago-style pizza, or a Chicago-style hot dog? I saw this during the break, and I've been contemplating ever since. And this is close to impossible to ask, but I've, I've, I've been doing the work during the break, and I think I have the answer. The bears are extended. I can't. I only get 17 of those per year. You need help. I know they haven't been good a lot of the last, I don't know, eight years or so. One playoff appearance, I think, in the last eight years. 30 30 years. That's okay. Um, So bears are extended. I need my bears football 16 weeks a year and hopefully more than that. I just need it. Now it's between pizza and hot dogs. I got to fire either Chicago style pizza or Chicago style hot dogs. No man should ever be put to this type of a decision. Here's the thing. A lot of people don't know this, but there are two kinds of Chicago-style pizza. There is a hand-tossed thin crust, which is the more commonly eaten Chicago-style pizza. It's like a chewy, doughy, hand-tossed crust. It's not thin and crackery like a lot of thin crust, but like chewy and doughy and a little bit thicker. If I fire Chicago-style pizza, I still have that and all the other kinds of pizza that are out there. I'll miss it. But I'll have something to fill that void. So Chicago-style pizza is fired. Chicago-style hot dogs are year-to-year. Wow. I like your logic In-depth analysis. I like your logic Thank you. Yeah. A loophole, seemingly. Yeah. All right. right. Now, if you just said pizza altogether, it's damn near impossible. Jacob, you're on the show. Throw one at us. Uh, So first, I'd like to thank the Chicago Bears for drafting Mitchell Trubisky. Best thing to happen in Minnesota since firing Brad Childress. Yep. Um... Next is Italian Chinese food or barbecue. Wait, what was the first one? First one, Uh, Italian food, Chinese food, barbecue. Hmm. So, all right, I'm going to start by saying I love all three. Same. Chinese food puts me to sleep within like 35 minutes after eating it. (laughs) Good though. So I would, I would, I would probably say I'm going to fire Chinese food. I'm going to go year to year on barbecue because I have high cholesterol, and Italian food allows me at least to be a little bit more heart friendly with some of the options. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Italian food gets the contract extension here. I think I'm doing the same thing as Mackie. I think Chinese food is is fired simply because it's of the three my least favorite. Like Chinese food, but it doesn't compare to barbecue or Italian for me. Italian food, I just, I love it. Italian food, Mexican food, and free food are my three favorites. So Italian gets the extension, and barbecue is year to year, and I'm going to do my best every year to keep them under contract. I'm going to do my absolute damnedest to keep barbecue under contract. Can you you use, like uh, like the NFL has the, whatchamacallit, where you get to just keep a player on your roster? What's that clause again? You can just, like... Oh, they told the contract? No, 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 like, like... You can pay a player top dollar to just play oh, franchise. For, yeah, can you franchise, franchise. tag Italian yeah, food? Yeah, well, yeah, you got the opportunity now. Yeah. So I would go. I would go. I would extend Italian food. I'm going year to year on Chinese food. 
And I'm firing barbecue. Barbecue's good, far too messy. Mm. And plus, in this town... That's the best part about it. In this town, not a lot of good barbecue. Like, if I'm in Kansas City, probably extending it. But here, not a lot of... Are, are there a ton of like great barbecue places here? I'm firing it. I'm done with it. That's a good one. Jacob, thank you for listening. Thank you for calling. I'm going to wrap with Royce here in a couple minutes. I love here. Marcus in St. Paul, fire extend year to year. I got one specifically for you, Phil. Okay. White Claws, oh Yacht God. Rock, and professional wrestling. <laughs> wow. Marcus, that was awesome. I'm extending Yacht Rock because it's a lifestyle. <laughs> if you know, you know. I'm going year to year on White Claw, and honestly, the state of the current WWE, I am I'm firing professional wrestling. I love AEW, but I am currently not up to speed on WWE. So, Marcus, yeah. I'm uh, a- I'm I'm a- going extension a- on the Yacht Rock. Yeah, um, I agree with you on WWE, AEW, NXT, and New Japan is where it's at. By the way, thank you for keeping track of our cram session stats. You're very welcome. All right, that's Marcus in St. Paul. Oh, that was our guy. That's Marcus that's who keeps track of Marcus. our cram session stats. These are amazing, man. I'm gonna let's do one more before we wrap with Royce here. Uh, this this person says, "Fire extend year to year." I'm, we we might have to tweak this first one. Netflix, fast food, and social media. I'm gonna tweak this to be access to a TV in your home, social media, or your favorite food. So deep dish for Rami. Social, me, social media is fired. Really? Yeah, social media is fired for me. Because I and I've come, I'm firing TV and extending no, social media. I've come to enjoy social media, but it also can be toxic and bad for you. And I probably do it too much, so I don't think it would be the worst thing for me if I were forced to fire social media. And then, no, man, I have a TV addiction, and I love food. Food, mm, but, it's TV, just, but it's just one food. It's just you still get just my favorite food. Just get a new new uh, favorite yeah, food. I will fire my no. I'm firing. Give me the three choices again. I'd talk circles around myself. Your favorite, media. your favorite food, social media, social media is and access fired. to a TV in your house. Social media is fired. Favorite food is year to year. TV in my house gets the extension. Favorite food's out for me. I'll just replace it. What with, do with, I care with any food? I'll find something else. <laughs> I'm flexible on that. All right, let's 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 wrap with Royce here. Uh, Pat, we've been playing Fire Extend year to year, and Judd said he would. Oh, an- oh, he, okay. Judd said he would answer this one. He said, "I'll give you an answer, but let's get Pat on the line first, so we can throw it out there." Well, again. I what Pat's answer is too. That's what why. was it again? It was it was beer. Yeah, for, sports for in your beer, life. Beer, sports, and sex. Beer, sports in your life. Period and sex. Fire extend year to year. You gotta you gotta categorize them. But Pat, I want to hear Pat's yeah, answer too. Pat doesn't care about beer. Okay, yeah, well, I'm confused now. Beer, sex, and what? And uh, sports, just sports, sports in your life. Yeah, watching sports. Well, sports is the other. Uh, sports is the the one that I won't give up, and the other two I already have. So what the hell? Is that? <laughs> <laughs> now, now that goes. Yeah, now that goes down. That goes down a path that I think is correct for me in the sense. I'm extending sports. I'm going year to year with sex because at 50 and married for 26 years, it's a year to year, it's a year, to year proposition. <laughs> and then I'm firing beer because wow. I'll just start drinking something else. Wow. You're, you're going to live, live the claw life. I'll, I'll be wow. miserable, so I'll go hardcore gin and tonics. Amazing. Yeah, that was uh, too tough for me. That was that's, that's for sure. That, that wouldn't be too hard to do. Uh, Pat, you know what? I do. I do feel uh, 
kind of left out in this whole beer phenomenon to see if you can actually taste the difference between one or the other yeah. unless they put some phony flavor in it. If you make it raspberry or something, obviously. But, uh, you know, I, I was choosing between a Schlitz and a Budweiser. You know, I mean, I don't, when I was still drinking, so I have no idea what this whole craft beer phenomenon is about. So, uh, Pat, uh, Justin Morneau, Twins Hall of Fame, and we spent that we spent the first part of the show just talking about if he would have continued playing at the same level he was playing at for the five years leading up to the concussion. You know, he already had an amazing career, Twins Hall of Famer, and he later won a batting title with with Colorado. But just one one of those what if type of a players in, in Minnesota. Well, they might have won it. You know, even with the bad luck they had, they might have won it in Tennessee. If he, uh, you know, even though the pitching wasn't great, man, it's, uh, you know, he was, he was, okay, that was a hell of a plump, and he, he was tearing it up, right? Isn't that the year he got hurt, right? Yeah, right. 2010, yep. And, and he was 82 games. He missed the last, I think he, I think there were 78 games to go when he got hurt, and he played 80 of them, and he was leading the league in hitting, as I recall. He was having a better year than when he was, the, his MVP year, you know, he got, he went nuts the last, what, 100 games, maybe, or, or so. So, uh, you know, his second half had been better than his first half. He was going to, he might have won another MVP in 2010. So, uh, yeah, he would have had a phenomenal career. He would have, like, how many home runs did he end up hitting? Uh, 250 get, or something like that? 250, yeah. He would have been a 400 home run guy, no doubt about it, if he hadn't gotten hurt, I don't think. So, I would have liked to have seen him with this new ball, too, wouldn't you? Oh, Ooh. man. When he gets that little that, that little swing when the front hand when the back hand came off the bat and he whipped her out there up, uh, you know he didn't get to hit Vinny out on the plaza like he could have. But uh, I had no uh, problem with that. Of course, I'm peeved that once again Caesar Tomar didn't make it. But uh, you know, Morneau certainly uh, is higher on the list of great twins than Tomar was. I got to think if Larry Walker gets to Cooperstown, that if Justin Morneau continues on the course he was, he he eventually gets in too. Maybe not a first ballot Hall of yeah. Famer, but I think he was headed for a Hall of Fame career. Pat, I was uh, I was having great fun on the Larry Walker because I didn't Larry Walker bandwagon late. But as I said on Twitter, he was a Canadian. We had to give him. You know, it took a little longer because my theory was Neil Bratton don't get in the Hall of Fame, Pro Hockey Hall of Fame. Justin, uh, the Larry Walker don't get in the baseball hall of fame. Damn it. So, uh, I, I did that as a satirical tweet, and some people, of course, took it serious, but, uh. Of course they did. Uh, yeah. Morneau, I, I don't know. That's a little, you know, that's a little rambunctious to say hall of fame, but, you know, who knows? Two, M- two MVPs, maybe three, then, yeah, then, yeah, for sure. Two MVPs and uh, 400 and some home runs, and you uh, end up winning the batting title in Colorado. Uh, which is really odd. Him and Kadai are both winning batting titles. It's uh, extremely strange, but uh, he, well, he could have gotten to the fringe category. That's for sure. Hey, Pat, do you, do you think Joe gets in now? He's eligible in a couple of years, two or three years. Do you think with the way that things are going with the uh, Raiders voting, long, long, you think he gets no, in? I think it'd be a long way. I think it'd be a long way. I think it's, uh, he's going to start off about 30% or 35, maybe. And, uh, although the younger, younger voters might look at him more kindly, but, uh, I, I don't think he's going to, he won't have a 50% his first year, I don't think. But, you know, you, you, you climb, it, it happens. It's just kind of the tradition. I've, 
I've uh, come around on a lot of guys that I didn't vote for originally. I don't like putting 10 people on the ballot in a year. I usually put, you know, somewhere between four and eight of them. It's easy for me because I don't vote for the steroid guys. But uh, uh, the, uh, you know, the uh, I, I think Joe's going to have a hard time. I really do. If he'd stayed catching, then I think he would have. Same right. numbers catch, catching, he would have second first seven years so but the fact you went over to first base all of a sudden phil you're better on this than me but we're you know he was like as far as the uh the hardcore stats he was one of the most unproductive first basemen in the, in the major leagues right it, as far as you know you're talking about you're talking about like total i mean defensively he was good but in, in terms of you oh, put yeah, you put his his but, yeah his offense at the end as a first baseman was just, I mean, 40, 50, 50 RBIs. They don't, they don't, they don't play at first base. Yeah. So, although the way the games changed, you know, he could have, he could have played a couple more years and hit first, right? He could have been a leadoff hitter. So, uh, game, I mean, if Kepler, yeah, he was last year. But yeah. if Kepler, could, you know, if Kepler could do it, he, he could have been a. You know, I always thought it was the goofiest thing ever when people wanted to bat him second, and, and then he ended up uh, batting first. And in the modern game, you know, he's always a good base runner and that stuff. But I don't think he, I don't think he makes it. He might, uh, I, I, uh, unless I live as long as Sid, I don't think I live long enough to see uh, see Joe McDonald. Does Schilling maybe make it, Pat? Yes, yeah, I think he makes it. Yeah, I, I think he makes it. I, people think it's political, but, uh, you know, there's nobody who hates the guy he loves more than me, and I vote for him every year. So, and I don't buy that it's political. I just think that I think it's a tough sled by him. He's a Hall of Famer, but he's not like, why isn't that guy in the Hall of Fame type of Hall of Famer. Yeah. I think I, in terms of Joe Maurer, so Jeff Kent received 27.5% of the vote. I think Joe Maurer gets like, and I'm, I don't think Jeff Kent's a Hall of Famer, but in terms of what percentage of the vote could could Joe Maurer wind up getting out of the gate or in the first couple of years, I think you probably nailed it. I think he probably gets a third of the vote right away, and then it just depends on if he can climb up towards seventy five percent over the ten year run. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, you know everybody thinks it's strange, and they say yeah, you're a Hall of Famer, you know. And then there's also the uh, you know the whole first ballot thing. Hey, by the way, is the guy who didn't vote for him out of himself yet or not? Uh, no, I have not. Unless you guys have seen. Well, if it had been me, I'd be, I'd be having a good old time. I mean, I had a good old time pretending like it was me. But you know, <laughs> if it was me, I would have said it damn right I didn't vote for him. <laughs> oh, could be a guy who forgot and was a little embarrassed, like I always said, Lavelle. You know, Lavelle took this noble stand when he didn't vote for Pedro Martinez as the MVP. I insist he forgot. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like when I say that, but I think he forgot. It's amazing. So, yeah. All right. Well, Pat, we uh, we wish you a good weekend, and maybe people can check nice, out. Uh, nice win for the Gulfs, by the way. Uh, it was. It, it, is there anything that proves that having college basketball polls in November and December is the dumbest thing of all time. Yeah, yeah Ohio, Ohio State. State was what second. Yeah, they they were. If the Gophers had beat them, they were going to be number one. Yep. And now they're what two and seven? They're three and seven in the Big Ten, something like that. Yep. So, 
Yep. Unbelievable. It's stupid. It is. All right, Jeff. All right, we'll see you Monday, Pat. That's wrapping with Roycey. And I'm just, I've got the Hall of Fame voting results up in front of me here. To me, it, it, it's, okay, whoever didn't vote for Derek Jeter, that's great and that's fun. Have you looked at the bottom end of the, you guys ever do this? You go down and say, okay, who got votes that. Last year I did it. You guys know that, that hilarious. J.J. Putz received a Hall of Fame vote? You guys remember J.J. Putz? No, I was going to ask pitcher, you who's right? J.J. Putz. He was the closer for the Mariners for yeah. like two years. He pitched in the big leagues for why 10 he, years. Why, why does he get a Hall of Fame vote? I thought you got to be part of the BBWA. Or no, whatever no, he got a vote from a writer. Oh, somebody gave him their vote. Yeah, oh, wow. He, yeah. Why is he on the ballot? No, I'm like, yeah, I'm saying J.J. Putz, who is just kind of a decent reliever, Received a vote from a writer. And oh, I thought be, you meant he had a vote. I thought you no. meant he had. He was part of. Okay, all right, my bad. Why? He would be. He would be more deserving of like, a BBWAA spot than he would be a Hall of Fame spot. Why are guys like that on the ballot at all? Adam Dunn got a vote. Sweet swinging Adam Dunn. Brad Penny. Brad Penny, another pitcher. Raul Ibanez. Oh yeah. Eric Chavez got two votes. Yeah. Alfonso Soriano got six votes. Jason Giambi got six votes. But he was. He's also just. An admitted steroid guy yeah, too, and, yeah. and, and, and and not that great. He was a really good player, but he wasn't yeah, great. Good offensive player. And then uh, who else here? Cliff Lee got two votes. Good pitcher, but, but I'll go back to my question: Why is JJ Putz on the ballot? I don't know. Like, what would cause anyone to be like, oh man, this year it's been five years since what? Since JJ Putz retired. The other guys that were on the ballot and received no votes were Carlos Pena, Heath Bell. Raphael for call, Keith Brian Bell's Roberts. Retired for five years? Jose, Jose Valverde, Chone Figgins, and Josh Beckett were all on this list and, never, and didn't receive a okay, vote. Okay, Josh Beckett's more deserving of a Hall of Fame vote than J.J. Putz. <laughs> I agree. I agree with that. Adam Dunn, probably more deserving of two votes than... Uh, the The only one did, you gave me that truly offends me is J.J. Putz. Do they ever strip somebody of their vote for just for being, for, just for being ridiculous? Like, you voted for J.J. Putz, dude. You're out. That's a good question. <laughs> I don't think they do. <laughs> Levitard sold his to Deadspin, right? Yes. A few years back, and, and so he stripped. lost his vote because he sold it. Yeah. The other, you go back farce. last year, Placido Polanco got two votes. Isn't that shortstop back in the day? Placido Polanco. 2018. Who do you think would sell us their vote? Whose vote can we buy? Royce's. You think he'd sell it to us? No, he wouldn't. Are you kidding? Under the table? No way. On the down low? No. No, he is way too ethical when it comes to that. You guys know anybody who's not so ethical? Oh, there's got there's like five hundred of these guys. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. You guys got to know somebody, right? There's got to be some young whippersnapper who just got his vote who would sell it for the right price. Mm -hmm. Someone voted for Tim Wakefield a few years ago to be a Hall of Famer. What are we doing? But you know what? No, nope. I talked about this today on Score North Live. Heck of a knuckleball. I'm not going to care. I care. I often care about too many things. I think we all do that. I think you should care more about and this. And i got to remind myself sometimes to just care less. And that's my advice to other people. David, just care e- less. David Eckstein and Darren Erstad got votes. Nope. It's like the gritty Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Darren Erstad, man. He'd <laughs> run into any fans anywhere. Yeah. I'll knock myself out cold. David Eckstein got a vote? He did. Okay, that's, he got two as votes. As long as they actually, don't get in, bad. I'm good. I'm not gonna just yeah, like I, but why just like I'm vote? just like I'm not gonna let myself get riled up that Derek Jeter didn't get a hundred percent of the vote, or when people talk about first ballot or not first ballot. Like if you deserve to get in and you get in, great. If you don't deserve to get in and you yeah. don't get in, great. Rami, you know what? I'll argue the rest of the stuff. Sweat the details. No. Spend the weekend sweating <laughs> the details. I got things Kenny to do, Rogers man. got a vote. Well, That's he deserved amazing, it from his time with the, the twins. All right, Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Find our podcast on the Score North app, Apple, or Spotify. Have a great weekend, and we will see you Monday. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. 
The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.